0: Throughout my childhood, there were three trunks in our house on the farm in the Arkansas-Mississippi Delta. One was a small tin trunk brought by my grandmother, Mary Margaret Brown, when she came as a bride to the home of my grandfather, Joseph H. Jones, in about 1870. In it were legal papers having to do with their generation, as well as some concerning his father, Uriah, and scraps of information concerning her own family, the Ira E. Brown family of Murray County, Tennessee. Since the information in her trunk was seldom needed anymore, it was stored in a dark attic, out of the way, but safe. In my Aunt Sally's bedroom, there stood a large, rectangular, cloth-covered trunk in which she kept her treasures—an old fox neckpiece, odds and ends of jewelry, a hank of her hair cut when she was young, letters, photographs, the family Bible, and legal papers concerning her tenure as owner of the remnant of the farm my great-grandfather, Uriah, had started putting together in 1849." In my parents' bedroom, there was an identical trunk containing my mother's treasures and legal papers concerning my father's tenure as the farmer while it was Aunt Sally's land and then when it belonged to him. When Aunt Sally died in 1936, her trunk was moved upstairs, contents undisturbed, except that the Jones family Bible was moved to the trunk belonging to my mother, who took charge of the family records of births, marriages, and deaths. In about 1980, my sister, Pauline Lloyd, who was living in the house, asked me to go through the trunks and sift out anything that ought to be saved. I think she was worried about fire and the possible loss of anything of value to the family. I put the things I thought might be useful, or at least interesting someday, in a large box and asked my brother Grover to keep it until called for, as I was about to go to Connecticut for a year and would be leaving strangers in my house." He put the box on a shelf in his laundry room, and I forgot about it. In about 1985, I happened to remember it while down there on a visit and brought it back to Fayetteville and put it on a shelf in my study. From there, it was transferred to a shelf in my study on a farm in Madison County a friend and I had moved to in 1987 and was forgotten again. And then, it must have been about 1996, after my retirement from the University of Arkansas, I was sitting at my desk one day and noticed it staring me in the face from across the room. I opened the box and was stunned at the rich deposit of information about my family and the struggle they had made to hang on to the farm over the course of 145 years. I had always known things had been difficult, for I had, after all, grown up during the Great Depression and had heard stories about the Civil War, Reconstruction, and the 1927 Flood. But I had no idea of how hard it had really been from 1861 to about 1937 until I saw it documented there in black and white, time and again on legal papers threatening foreclosures and on the mortgages taken out to pay the few dollars owed in taxes that stopped the forfeiture proceedings. Even sadder, of course, were the notices when the proceedings had not been stopped and land was lost. Those three trunks had contained the family archives, and every scrap of paper was revered. There were old gin tickets, bills of lading for things shipped on steamboats to market in Memphis, and receipts for purchases made there. There were mortgage papers, tax receipts, and all manner of legal papers that had been kept in case they might be needed. There were doctor bills for fatal illnesses from 1903 that were still being talked about in 1940 as if they had happened the year before. There was the receipt for the purchase of my father's first automobile. There were pocket notebooks that my grandfather and father carried daily to record everything they needed to remember. There were some neatly kept account ledgers from my father's and my brother Grover's tenures as farmer. Letters from friends and family members who had moved away, as well as records from the family Bible of births. Deaths and marriages were preserved so that the private side of the family's lives could be documented there, as well as in the public records. That cardboard box held a world of information begging to be explored.